What is up? How's everybody <laughs> doing out there? <laughs> uh, this is um, another episode of Side Stage. Just extremely bored. So we're down here recording a podcast. Coming. This is Anthony on here. Anthony Creamy. I've mentioned him on here before. Um, he's just as bored as I am. So what's up, dude? What's up, man? Coming live from Lenore. Haven't been over here in a while, man. This is the first time seeing this little studio. And uh, I got to say, man, it's looking pretty nice. Sick, dude. Thanks. Except for the Dallas Cowboys stuff, we could probably do without that. But hey, man. Listen, I I love the Cowboys, um, but the pictures are probably going to stay. But the um, the room is definitely getting painted. Yeah, the wallpaper. Um, not digging it, but I know it was a weird time in your life. So, uh, excuse me, man. <laughs> I knew you were young when you got this, uh, when all this stuff was put in your room. So I'll forgive you for that one. It was a weird time, dude. Hey man, everybody's a little weird, you know. Every every once in a while. Now I got those chairs. I got another one of those in the garage that you're sitting in. Uh, I'm gonna set it up. I don't. I really don't know what else I'm gonna do. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna put some uh, sound dampening stuff in that closet. We can um, put the amps in that on those shelves in there and record stuff like that. Okay, that's cool. I like this man. I feel like I'm in an actual studio right now. Like I feel like I'm on one of those uh, comedy podcasts that you watch on YouTube, like King of the Sting or something like that. I wish I was on one of those. Got this nice leather chair. Got this boom mic in front of me. I even have a beer. Wow, that's that's crazy. That uh, leather chair is actually from um, Casting Couch. You may have seen it before. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I knew I recognized it. Yeah. It's a uh, it's been a pretty long quarantine already. Yeah, it's, definitely uh, recognize it. It's getting weird under quarantine. It's getting pretty weird. It's uh, this is like technically like first day for me, half day. I just got off of work and I'm kind of unemployed until further notice. Shout out to Best Buy. Um, they're actually closing um to the public starting tomorrow. If you guys were interested, um, but you can still pick up stuff on the curb, um, and return stuff and all that good stuff. But uh, no this one is, is recorded on the twentieth. Um, it probably won't be put out to next week. So they're okay. They'll probably know by then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're, uh, they don't let anybody inside the store to, uh, cut down on the, uh, the spread of the old COVID-19. The old COVID-19 was a fun time. See, my, I'm not even under quarantine, dude. I work every single day and they don't plan on shutting us down at all. Yeah. But you have a job where you're not really, I guess, around a lot of people. I feel like. Yeah. Well, right now I'm in a, I'm in a truck by myself. So literally, uh, they've, the only thing, only, the only thing they've done is, um, Got it where we work. I leave straight from here. I bring my work truck home. So I'm not actually having to go to the shop. But I leave from work. I'm in a truck by myself. And unless I talk to customers throughout the day, I don't see anybody, which is kind of nice, even not under quarantine. Exactly. And it's cool that you actually have a job to where you could actually still work during this time because a lot of people are going to be out of work. And it's going to be you know a whole cluster mess of uh of stuff as far as people you know buying stuff and having jobs and putting back into the economy so well we won't really get into politics they're they're talking about a couple of different things about how they can kind of boost the economy in this time and help folks out that aren't going to be having income but that's beside the point but anyways wash your hands guys stay safe out there um if you are off and you're getting paid enjoy it like me um but then you don't know what the future holds so uh yeah just be be a uh, was it vigilant? Is that, is that a word? Yeah. I mean, we're not out fighting crime. I don't know why we need to be vigilant. We can't see the virus. Well, that must be the wrong word of choice. And I've heard that like multiple times in all this. But like, we're not fighting crime. 
We don't need to really be vigilant. We might be. Stay frosty. You never know. We might actually be fighting crime. People might start looting. That's the one thing I'm worried about as far as businesses shutting down. Is Come and take my guns, boy. Looting and rioting. Yeah, it's going to be a mess. But, um, yeah, guys, so pretty much free for the next two weeks if anybody wants to do anything. <laughs> you know, uh, if anybody else wants me on their podcast, I'm, I'm kind of open. Schedule's pretty open right now. I'm going to be honest. Your audition's not going well. Well, I think so. I think it is. I think you're wrong, man. Hey, yeah, you invited me over here to get on this podcast, so something's I working. I did. I've been trying to get you on here for a while because, like, I don't have any friends other than, like, you, Keaton, and Bo, and Bo's all across freaking the United States, so. Yeah. Sup, dude. That sucks, man. Hey, guys, um, big thing tomorrow. Chris is actually getting married. Um, yep. We had to uh, post- postpone the wedding for now because of the COVID-19, so that's something else that's also affected as uh, some people's personal lives, and, of course, Chris getting married, but shout out to him, man. He's getting married tomorrow. Congrats. In case you're wondering, Anthony is not my wedding planner uh, even though it may seem like that uh, i wish he was but megan wouldn't allow it you really don't wish that nobody, <laughs> nobody wishes that but yeah man congrats for sure thank you man seriously thank you absolutely absolutely so um we gonna talk some music man nope all right cool all nope. right all right podcast is over i'm gonna head out <laughs> nah man uh i've been wanting to do a podcast with a lot of my buddies around here like me and keaton do the whole thing together and that's i mean we're i guess the host of this podcast but he doesn't know any of like the old bands we used to play with and hang around and stuff like that. So I've been really wanting to kind of get on here and just kind of talk about those days and those guys and stuff like that, you know, kind of like what, uh, I guess you say shaped us in this, in the scene, you know? Yeah. Those are definitely good days, man. I sat around and did an entire podcast, um, by myself and I never posted it because it was, I felt like I talked for an hour and it was like six minutes. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's how the good ones are. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man. So back in the day I had a couple short stints, but my dad was real strict, so I couldn't practice after school. So it didn't work out. But Anthony is a, the founding member member and drummer of a melodic hardcore band called North Bay. And for the small amount of time that, they were around. I feel like you guys amounted some solid success, especially in North and South Carolina. I think so, man. So originally, <clears throat> it was me and um, Kyle Cottle, John Hamby, and Seth Green. We were in a band that we started called as Daylight Prevails. ADP. Uh, ADP. And uh, it kind of, uh, well, actually, I don't know if Seth was in that band. That might have just been me and John and Kyle. And then, uh, that, that's the first stint I had was yeah, ADP. Yeah, we then, went through a couple. Of, we we tried to get a bass player because we never had one originally. We Chris played a couple of shows with us. Um, Jake Powell, shout out Jake Powell. He played a couple of shows with us on bass. Um, Ethan Carswell, we tried to get him kind of on a keyboard basis type deal. Didn't really work out, but he played a couple of shows with us as well. So shout out to all those guys for definitely being there for us and helping us out. Um, and then ADP, the sound wasn't working. We were all growing towards more mature sounds. We were... That was when, uh, like, the melodic hardcore and the hardcore scene was, like, kind of kind of more mainstream at that time because these bands, like, Trapped Under Ice and Bane and Have Heart were more on the underground side, and this is when, like, everybody had gone through the metalcore phase, yeah. the raw XD screamo crap, <laughs> and now, like, hardcore was getting more on a rise and people were liking that sound. So It, it, was, a, it was a real close to, like, It Prevails. Um, what was that other band? Uh, 
Saints never surrender. Saints never surrender. Along lines um, of stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Misery signals life in your way. A lot of bands kind of that harboring that same kind of sound. Um, not as heavier music, but the screaming vocals. But it wasn't like deathcore vocals. It was just more like a yelling type, raspy screaming. Um, but I think everybody transitioned from that like scene, metalcore stuff, and then into the hardcore. And everybody just started wearing khaki shorts and V-necks and just and were like, reg- dude, yeah. that was like my outfit for like steel. <laughs> Regular people, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's kind of a style that never goes out of style, but uh. Yeah, we matured from um, As They Like Prevails because we hated the name and that metalcore sound just wasn't what people were wanting anymore. It's not really what we were wanting to play anymore. And we decided to go for more melodic hardcore approach. Uh, thanks to bands like It Prevails, it's probably the biggest contributor to that. And then Oceana back, the album The Tide was a big influence. You can kind of hear that in some of the North Bay songs. Um, I think the big turning point is when you, we, you, whatever, took the, like the hiatus and the name changed and Seth came in to play guitar mm-hmm. and Seth is a good buddy of ours has been since like freshman year of high school. And he is, I feel like not down to anybody else. I felt he was the brains behind a lot of the North Bay stuff. Cause he was, I mean, he's a great musician and, and when he came in, that really set the, set the tone for what North Bay became, you know, Absolutely, man. Seth Green is a very smart person. If you met him, you wouldn't think that at all. But <laughs> No, you think he's the craziest dude alive, but he is uh, awesome. Seth Green is a very smart person and very talented. Um, the guy wrote you know, half the songs. Kyle basically wrote the other half of the songs. Both of them are phenomenal musicians, very creative guys. Um, Seth did a lot of solo stuff in his own stint, too, so he was, we were already familiar with how, you know, like how well versed he was, how musically styled he was. He knew a lot of stuff on the computer. He messed around on the synth, the guitar. Um, really great musician, and he brought that heavier, more melodic side to us um, with a more like intricate stuff. And then Kyle brought more of the like the chugging riffs that were like not as intricate, but also just as melodic and not like as heavy, but more of on that, that Saints Never Surrender type sound and stuff like that. Where Seth's was more metalish. Well, when you kind of fuse them together, it, it sounded great. It worked. This was also at the height of like for the fallen dreams. Mm-hmm. When that's as melodic hardcore, like true melodic melodic metal, kind of is what they were, and that's true to the core. So, like with Seth and Kyle together, like what you're saying, when they wrote that stuff, it just it worked, man. It was yeah, because I mean, know. Seth would hit, would write something that was like kind of metal, kind of preaching. The, or like breaching the grounds of like Parkway Drive for the Fallen Dreams type esque stuff, and then Kyle would bring me something that sounds like um, it prevails, like a kind of like a soft like yeah um, softer like I don't know how to describe it, but more of like a hardcore type punk beat. Um, but it just worked, and we could we could actually fuse that stuff together, and then Seth would write like a lead to a part that Kyle would write, and like they would just bring me that stuff, and me being on drums, I'm like love it, love all of it. And yeah. I'll, I'll find something that will stick to. And then um, when we first started the band, of course, we had Kyle Watts. Kyle Watts was a vocalist. Um, did two shows with him. Did, he wasn't really feeling it a lot. Um, his vocal styles was great. I actually liked their kind of raspiness. But overall, Kyle Cottle seemed to just do a lot better job. That's when Kyle started getting in his own, like, that's when he, he came just, out of his shell and came into his own. And, like, he, Kyle yeah. really... He thrived as a vocalist. Like I think he did well. Oh, he broke out, man. He cut the hair. Yeah, Kyle had in high school had this <laughs> such sick, like past his shoulders length curly hair and like 
that was unheard of then. Nobody in our school had long hair like that. And then he cut it like a douchebag. <laughs> and uh, it's like when he cut his hair, he gained power. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> the hair was holding back, man. Yeah, man. But, yeah, when he cut the hair, started having that, you know, don't care attitude. And, like, it's like I just will never forget this house show that we played um, somewhere in South Carolina. I think it was, like, maybe, like, Rock Kill or somewhere like that. Um, it was a house show. These guys were moving out. They want to have one big show to kind of trash the place because they were leaving anyways or getting kicked out or whatever. And it was, I remember it was hot as balls in that living room. It was probably like 80 degrees, no AC, nothing, middle of summer. We were all sweating our balls off. I remember looking up, Kyle's like literally punching the floor with his bare fist <laughs> with the mic in his hand. I'm just like, dude, this is the most badass thing I've ever yeah. been a part of. And like, we were all just like having a good time, even though we were miserable, sweating and hot. Oh, yeah. And like, just the energy that we were putting out, dude, just makes everything better. So that was one of the more memorable times in a North Bay show, I feel like, that really captured, like, the stage presence that Kyle brought to the table. He, he definitely was – he definitely put on a good show, man, and everybody just kind of fed off the energy. I think one of the things that speaks volumes for North Bay was, um, I mean, years after you, the North Bay broke up that people were hounding you guys – Dude, North Bay reunion, North Bay reunion, bro. We gotta, you know, play a show, do this. But like, you know, at that point, Kyle lived in Wilmington, and then it just people grew, you know, grow up and do different things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that speaks volumes. But my my favorite memory of North Bay, other than all the shows, all the stupid practice sessions, and just I mean, that, that's the thing about North Bay is we were all best friends, and so it just it worked out well. But uh. The last show, there was this dude none of us had ever seen before. And he was wearing a blue shirt, and I think it had Tony the Tiger on it. Yeah, the kid in the video. Yeah. He knew every word to every song, which was crazy because there was only three songs that had lyrics. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. Kyle would yell out like, he would just yell stuff. Stray cats it, suck, man. Yeah, and then one I remember never forget. He was like, "Yo, this song's about cats." Yep. And stray like, cats suck. That's how it started. Everybody was like, "Woo!" You know, but that's like, there were so many people that liked North Bay that we had no idea liked North Bay. Yeah. Like shows in Hickory and around even other places popped off when you guys would play. You know, and I think that's that's just so cool, man. It's weird to sit here and talk about myself and my band, but like. One thing that I noticed was like when we played at the um, the YMCA Teen Center, which was like the big venue around here that everybody played at, and some big acts actually came through. Um, but like when we were ADP and we played there, we got like no love, we got no respect. People were just like, "Oh, this is just one of those generic sounding metalcore bands." And that's exactly what it was, though. I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, the sound was kind of generic. We were young; we were just writing our first stuff. But we were like sixteen. It's like- part of the the process, man. You start somewhere. And then, like, when North Bay came out, we played. We brought the energy. We played the, the hard breakdowns, the two steps. We had all these people that we, like, you know, saw on the scene. They were like, oh, these guys are, you know, they only like these bands. And they're like, oh, don't mess with them. They're like, you know, badasses. They, like, come up and start dapping us up, told, told us good set. We had people wanting to buy our merch. And we were, like, just kind of so off-put for a minute because we were like, whoa, we're actually getting people that like us. It's kind of cool. Yeah, it's, it's got to be a, a wild feeling to, like, go from a show where you may have five people actually watching you Till the whole room is going off. Like that last show, that pit was wild. Yeah, dude. It's like, you know, and a lot of bands, if you're local, you probably know the feeling. You don't get a lot of hometown love unless you're like popping or you're like famous because let's face it, people really only care about you usually when you're famous. Like, yeah. 
like some stuff like that. But we would go to these shows that like we we somehow made friends very quick on social media. And we got invited to play some shows from this band, um, Heroes Arrival, man. Shout Dude. out to them. Yeah, shout, shout out, out to John, John, man. Big John, yeah. Um, those are those are really cool dudes, man. By the way, John, this is a weird story and not like a tangent, but John was considered overweight when we played these shows, and he never wore shoes, which freaked me out. But now he's like a Olympic qualifying cyclist. Yeah, yeah. He lost a lot of weight. It's crazy. His, it's crazy. Uh, his progress, man. Shout out to him. Yeah, that's awesome. That's good for him, man. And then... Their guitar player Andy actually was sponsored by Paul Reed Smith for a while and played in Onward to Olympus. Yeah, remember I that. remember he came into Onward. Yeah, yeah. Um, he got that sponsorship right at the time he went into Onward, right? Yeah, but yeah, here is a rival man. We couldn't do a lot of stuff without them. They were so cool. Yeah, and at the time we probably took a little bit of their relationship for granted, but those guys were awesome. They helped us a lot um, do what we we could do. But we got a couple of shows set up down in South Carolina, and I remember one of the first ones we went down there to play at like a almost like a teen center type church thing. And um, that was a cool venue. That was a good show. And there was another band there that was um, kind of big around here. It had uh, that Tracy guy in it. Tracy, yeah. And they were supposed to headline. And I remember Heroes Arrival had us headlining because like they thought the world of us for some reason. They thought we were awesome. And I remember like headlining our first show out of state. That was without a doubt probably one of the coolest feelings because that crowd like seemed like they were there to see us and they never even they don't even never heard of us. Yeah. yeah. So that was super cool because I do remember Tracy being pissed about that. Yeah, their whole band was pissed. But after the show, dude, they said, like, you know, they came up to us and said, awesome. I remember seeing them, their band members in the pit for us. Like, but I was also, like, me and Alex Smith were dancing for their set, too. So, like, we were showing them love, too. It's not like we decided that we we're going to, like, you know, headline. Yeah, we're the headliners, so we don't have to do do anything for these other bands. Yeah, like, yeah. We're, we're not cocky. Like, we, don't, we didn't do that stuff. Like, we showed everybody respect as long as we got it. So, it's not like. And I think that's the thing. Like, if anybody here listens to this and you're, you're starting in a local band or whatever, dude, show love to everybody. Like, regardless, like, because you never know when you may need them to show love for you. You know, like, don't take for granted seeing uh, 50 people at a local show dancing to your stuff in the grand scheme of things is nothing, you know? Even if it was as simple as, like, Kyle saying, stick around for the rest of the bands. Exactly, like, yeah. Like, thanks, guys. It's been real. But, like, and that's exactly what he said at the last show. It's so cliche. Yeah, that, he's but, like, thanks, it's been real. <laughs> but um, even when, like, you just say stick around for the rest of the bands or thanks for coming out and checking out their bands, like, th- those stupid little words go a long way. They really do. And, or if you are the headliner, shout out the bands that played before you, yeah. you know? Because, like, they're there to entertain, like, why people are waiting for you. Maybe they're not there to see them, but it doesn't matter at the end of the day. Like, put on a good show, man. Do what you do and then tell them, like, you know, thanks. But... I thought that was a, a really surreal feeling. That was pretty cool. And then there was another time we played at this place in South Carolina called Somewhere Somewhere Else Tavern, I think, in Columbia. And we looked on the wall and seen that, like, Census Fell and a bunch of big bands have played there. This was the first time, like, a venue ever mic'd up, like, my set, all our amps. So that was super cool because everything else we played was, like, basically self-promoted, self-put shows. Yeah, exactly. This was an actual, like, not a concert, but we were mic'd up. But the crazy thing is, like, half the people in the bar there couldn't care less about our music, except for this one dude that was really cool. <laughs> but we just sounded so good and so tight, that show, and, like, everything was mic'd, and that was just a really cool thing, too, to kind of have, like, share the stage that a lot of big bands have played. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, man. And then uh, the, we got to play a show with uh, 100th when they were still a hardcore band. It was right when uh, When Will We Surrender, whatever that album's called. <sighs> yep. Uh, right when that album came out, dude, and it was so freaking sick man i'll never forget that show we up we up in four man that was a 
<clears throat> that was a really good show. If, I mean, I would definitely like to open for a band like that. I'm like, looking back, they're not who they used to be. But um, opening for them during that tour and that album was just great because at the time that was another major influence of our band because, I mean, local band in South Carolina, Myrtle Beach, like stuff Kyle grew up – or not grew up, <laughs> but Kyle's listened to, like when he was down there in Wilmington. Uh, shout out to Michael Pulliam. He used to listen to them a lot. Michael, he kind of got dude. he kind of got us big on them. So, and Brandon Howard too, man. He used to listen to some hundreds. So like him and Michael and Kyle kind of brought that up here, which is cool. But yeah, man, North Bay is a really fun time, man. It's probably some of the best times I've had in my life so far, honestly. Just like togetherness, man. Everybody being together, raising health, the storage unit, Taco Bell runs, man. Staying over there till God knows how long. Anthony's parents used to own a um, medical practice and. Uh, they bought this whole building, and the upstairs was an old library. And we, yeah, uh, <laughs> shout out. That used to be the practice space when North Bay first became a thing, and we destroyed that building. That was mostly the as they like prevails days, but yeah, was, yeah, it kind of blending some North Bay stuff. I don't know why that mic keeps twisting on you. Try to like tighten it. I don't know, but uh, yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> I'll never forget our buddy Charlie. Um, it's uh, the guitar player, John. It's his cousin. Charlie's a good buddy of ours. And the first time we ever met him, we were, there's a road that went right, like a main road that went right beside this place. And we were outside and we like fake beat him up. And uh, this lady stopped and called the cops and everything. The cops got called there way too many times. Dude. Shout out to Jacob Carzel. Got him there the first day we were there. Yeah, Jake, Josh Wilcox, uh, slapping the side of that transfer, transfer truck as it drove by. Yeah. Um, but we never got any trouble, which was odd. Um, oh, we had the cops come. I don't know if you were there. One night the cops came. Um, got somebody lit off a firecracker. Yep, I was there. Downtown Granite Falls, middle of the night. It was not out of the ordinary for cops to show up and kind of hassle us. Um, what so was that one cop that was really cool, though? Micah? Micah yeah. Nancy? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, somebody set off a firecracker, they come in, um, they show up, they beat on the door, they tell us to come out with our hands up and like, everybody thought we were getting arrested. And then like, who's got the gun? And we're like, we don't have a gun. Well, that, that was a snare drum. Cause you know, a snare drum kind of resembles a firecracker or a gunshot. And we're like, no, that was a snare drum. Honestly, we held up the snare drum and like beat the crap out of it. And they're like, all right, but we're still going to search you guys. Make sure you guys don't have guns. And we're like, oh, Okay. And, like, obviously nobody had a gun. We just had firecrackers, but they already lit them off. So that was the only close call we really had. (laughs) Dude, that's some good times, man. I'm telling you, that was awesome. Yeah, man. The library was great, man. Anybody that ever went there knows that that was, like, the spot. Like, I played beer pong for the first time there. Um, This was when (laughs) John Hammy didn't even drink. And I remember, like, one of the most famous picks we have is he passed out in the little – little like circle chair it's kind of like this and somebody put the ping pong ball in him and we took a pic called it celeb shot <laughs> yeah i remember that you take a celeb shot but remember the time i used that symbol stand as a penis in that video uh yeah we all remember <laughs> that the, that was the as daylight prevails promo video yep, with uh, chris norwood uh doing some weird things to a symbol stand um so yeah there, there's that <laughs> <laughs> and then that one night we set up all that stuff in there and turn the lights off and try to run through it and, yeah that yeah. was fun and painful uh <laughs> yeah good times good times but then after that, uh, his parents sold the business, and or we got kicked out one. I don't remember, but we got a uh, storage unit 
along there were some other bands shout out deception of a ghost um they had a storage unit there so we rented that joker out and that was the spot from then on didn't matter if he was practicing or not that was it that was the spot i mean you got the crawdad stadium literally right behind it you could walk to games and they did they would tailgate there uh fourth of july sit on the roof of the storage unit watch fireworks i mean we we paid to be there so i mean we We got our money's worth yeah Taco Bell right across the street. We'd go to Taco Bell Runs, gas station right there. Cookout not far down the road. Cookout, yeah. So, like, that was just a spot, man, back when we were in high school and then, like, right after high school. Um, but, I mean, I guess it mostly was when we were in high school. But, like, 2009, 2010, man, that was just kind of the thing. It was going to the library or going to the storage unit, you know, maybe drinking, maybe underage, maybe not. Well, you just said we were in high school, so... <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and then eating Taco Bell, and a couple times, a couple of the boys had some uh, rough times where they had to spend the night over there at the store, and that probably wasn't fun. But For the record, I'm going to say this, and it's 100% true. Even though I'm drinking a beer as we speak, I never drank any alcohol until after we graduated high school. Um, so, these guys are all degenerates. He's, so, li- he's lying, guys. Don't listen to him. I'm not, dude. Seriously, seriously senior week, John and Kyle... <laughs> First people to ever give me a Bud Light. Yeah. Woo. That's that's a fair assumption, man. That's fine. You, you can lie to everybody. <laughs> but, yeah, man, it's it's weird to sit here and talk about, like I said, my own band and me. But, like. It's fun to, like, reminisce, though, man, like, and really, really kind of overview what it was. Now we're pretty far detached from it. Yeah. You and, know? and it's content, bro. I mean, somebody out there probably exactly. wants to listen to this. And if they don't want to listen to it, I'm still going to talk about it, so it doesn't matter. Exactly. Woo. Now, uh. There were some other really good bands around then, man. Uh, I mentioned Deception of a Ghost. They uh, they were signed to Bullet Tooth Records. Um, they were pretty good. Like not always the sound that my ear liked the best, but their shows were good. They brought the house down when they played. And their know? their band just had some really awesome people in it. Exactly. Like, you, yeah. you can't say like any bad things about um, Brian, Buddy, Kyle. Um, even uh, what was his name? Tom. Tom, yeah. And then Brian Beaver was the drummer for a while. That might have been Sever the Top, but um, all those guys were super cool to us. They they had been in the helped uh, us out a lot. They had been in the scene for a while. All those guys were really always really nice to us, man. So I can't really say anything bad about them. I mean, now Kyle is uh, he's actually been in some pretty big bands now. Um, I don't remember their name. But <laughs> um, Kyle also did our recordings for North Bay, the only two that we ever did. Um, we're like, we're all like kind of kicking ourselves that we didn't record more and get all the songs that we had just to kind of have for ourselves, which that might still be a thing in the future. We might still do that um, with Kyle. But yeah, we would record at his house and he had some, he had some pretty nice stuff. He was also always super cool to us, man. He didn't charge us a lot and actually had pretty good sign recordings, man, at least to get us by and put us on social media. So. Shout out to Kyle, man. Kyle Dameron's a man. He's talented, man. Mm-hmm. He really is. He really is a talented guy. And that, you guys were one of his first, I guess, clients. You yeah, know? he's only gotten better from there. Yeah. And like he was just learning how to mix and master and stuff. That's why he didn't charge much, and we were cool with it. So you just wanted something down where you could put it out. Yeah, I mean, dude, we had to have recordings, man. Looking back, like I wish we had recorded everything just so we have something to hear for ourselves. Um, Cause like that stuff just doesn't like age. It doesn't get old. Like when I'm 50, I'll probably still go listen to ruins and be like, yeah, this is me. This is my band. I mean, shit sounds cool. You probably think it's lame, whatever the kids are going to be listening to then. But, but still like, <laughs> like that is, 
you though. You know what I'm saying? You have something tangible to exactly like you know. even if you think that even if you think you suck or you're like your worst critic or whatever, like even artists, like you should keep all the stuff that you ever paint or draw or whatever because that symbolizes the time of your life and that you're doing that and like that's something that you made. Even if other people think it sucks, you made it and you own that shit. So that's you. That's one thing I really, honestly, the reason I started wanting to do a podcast is, I mean, I got stuff to say and people want to hear it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, But (laughs) I've got into like recording, mixing and mastering. It's something I want to do. Um, And so I'll sit in in my little studio here and just play guitar, record parts and stuff like that. But then I was like, you know, I was like, man, I really like, like music. I love talking about it. I love, I just, I love gear. I love all of it. So like, why not? just do a podcast, you know, and just get my friends on here, something we could all do to hang out and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, man. Podcasts are great, honestly, to connect, man, and, like, reach a certain audience or just, like, talk about whatever you want to talk about. It doesn't really matter if people listen to it. It's just, you know, talk about whatever you want. That's the good thing about them. And then in this time right now in our nation, in our world, where we're quarantined, something like this is just cool where people can just kind of relax and kind of, like, get a grasp on the world. Yeah. That's the thing, like, the other night when I did that, I called Bo, and I was like, yeah, we're doing a podcast. Like, you better talk, you know? Let me say, man, shout out to Bo real quick, man. Bo's one of, like, the nicest people I've ever met, to be honest. Just a genuinely nice person. Basically treated me like like his best friend slash family whenever I first met him. Um, this might be a sensitive subject, but uh, I met him at your... Wedding. My first wedding. <laughs> first wedding. Um, I met Bo, man, and uh, actually, like, actually gave him a ride home. I let him chill at my house for a little while because, you know, Chris was obviously doing his stuff with his, you know, then wife. And then um, me and Bo just kind of, like, became buddies at, like, Chris's bachelor party or whatever. And, like, obviously, Bo listens to the same kind of music. So, like, we were already cool. And, you know, like, I told him he could stay at my house for however long he wanted because he had some car trouble coming out of yeah. that. Um, but, dude, was just super cool, man. And it just so happens he's a he's a Twitch streamer, which I watch a lot of Twitch, and he plays Apex, which is like the main game that I play. So, I seen that video he posted the other day, that triple kill, bro. Yeah, dude's dude's pretty cracked, man. But it, it's like you know, it's always weird to like I have two different lives at that point in time. I was in the military. Um, that's that's where I met Bo. But then I would come home and I'd have all my homies here, and um, it's always weird bringing two sets of friends together you know it's like you're like well, what if they don't like each other or this that and the other but Bo was the one that i was like dude if you don't like him you're you're wrong you know <laughs> yeah. like, and all my buddies I and mean, hopefully you said that about me too bud nah i hate you right, cool. um uh, nah but like everybody has been super nice like every time like yo like when's the last time you talked to Bo? they asked they asked about him more than freaking they do me uh, but you know he's he's awesome, dude. Heck of a dude. Uh, he's almost Canadian. Um, yeah, he he pretty much <laughs> is. Yeah. Hey, what's up, eight? <laughs> Over in South Dakota. I mean, that's basically Canada. Dude, it was sixty degrees here the night we recorded, and it was snowing where he was at. Yeah. Screw that. But um, yeah, shout him out, man. Um, if you if you watch Twitch, you're into video games, man. Go check him out. It's uh the Bo Riley, I think, yeah. on Twitch. Does a lot of Apex, some Call of Duty. So if you're into FPS, man, <clears throat> he's a cool dude. I don't know anything about video games. I'm gonna be honest, but Anthony's on Twitch. I, do you stream at all? Nah, I, I, it's an endeavor that I want to get into eventually. Just because 
I just like talking and connecting to people, man. So like, exactly. Yeah. I think I have a pretty good personality. I think I'm pretty damn funny. Maybe people don't see that, but no. I'm gonna edit that part out. Nah, I'm entertaining, man, for sure. I, th- I think I'm entertaining, but it just I just feel like that that's something naturally that I could do. Like I'm not really good at video games, but I feel like I could like find some kind of some kind of niche like audience to like. Well, it's me and Bo were talking. I don't know if you listen to that podcast or not, but me and him were talking. I listen to half of it. I think it's cool that as we get, me and him kind of touched on it, but as we get older, we have all fallen into a our own little niches, but we're still friends. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like in the last few years, you've gotten more into video games and computers and, and stuff like that. And it's, I I mean, I, computers are all right, but like video games, I'm just, I've never been good at them. I'm not, I don't have the attention span to play them, but like, it's still entertaining. You know, it's cool that we can still be friends, even though I could care less about that, you know? Well, the thing is like video games are like, they, they almost have to be a social thing for you. So just like we're doing this podcast and we're connecting like with each other. And then of course to like an audience. It's the same way that video games are. I mean, half of me being on my PC, a lot of people don't believe this, but what, I just got a gaming PC built like a month ago. Nerd. But half of me being on my gaming PC is I'm literally in Discord chat, which is an app you know that you can talk to people. It's just a chat app. But half the time, it's just me in there talking crap to my other friends that are on PC. I'm typically not playing anything. <laughs> I'll only play a game for about an hour or two out of the night, and then the rest of the time, it's just spent me talking crap to them. or Serious question about Discord. Yeah, what's up? Like I hooked up, me and Bo were talking. I had my phone hooked into my mixer over here for that podcast. Yeah. Do you know who? Well, you know. Um, oh God. The guy, the guy's name is Craig Reynolds. He's a drummer for uh, Straight from the Path. He has a podcast called Downbeat. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that he does his podcast through Discord. Can you do it like that? Um, it's very possible. I don't know exactly how you would do that. But it's very possible. I mean, it sounds like it's something that could be done. Because, you know, he lives in England, and he does podcasts with drummers and stuff like that. From Like he did, that's where they announced the Ghost Inside's new album, uh, Andrew Tukatsik, was on his podcast. But they weren't together. They were on like on the phone. Yeah. But um, it, it sounded like me and you sitting here. It didn't sound like a phone. Yeah, which Discord, like, so you start a chat room, and then basically people would join with their, um, you, people can join an audio chat, so like a voice chat. So like, just like I'm talking to you now, if I was talking to my buddy Chris or Dan in Discord right now, it would sound just like this, like we're both on microphones talking to each other. Um, but like everybody, of course, is going to have like a headset with a microphone or what have you. But I mean, yes, yeah, very possible because you can stream what you're doing on Discord to like everybody that's in the chat, like up to like 10 people at a time. So there's some way that he's probably having people call him on discord or joining a voice chat. And then there he's probably recording that. And then, um, then like editing it and mixing it as a podcast is the only thing I can think of. That's cause that, I mean, don't get me wrong. That podcast with Bo didn't sound bad. I had my levels messed up, but overall it wasn't that bad. And it, it's kind of, I thought it sounded kind of cool. Cause like the first, I let the phone ring in it and stuff. So it's like, no, it sounded fine. It's just, I mean, you could obviously tell Bo's on the phone, but like it sounded fine. Like, and people should know that he was on the phone because he said, hey, my friend's going to call. Yeah. But, no, nah, it sounded fine, man. But, yeah, shout out to Bo. And, and 
One big important thing that Bo brought up to Chris was uh, about Dance Gavin Dance, man. Oh, God. Because Chris, go. Chris was super wrong about that. I had to roast him on his top five restaurants that him and Keaton did. Okay, and, that's what I'm and saying. And the top five bands. I dude. said everybody was rude. <laughs> he is everybody. Yeah, I'm rude, and I don't give a crap because <laughs> Dance Gavin Dance is easily in my top five. It doesn't matter if we're talking influential, best bands, remind me of Good Times, stuff like that. Um, the dynamic that Dance Gavin Dance has is beautiful. Um, and it doesn't matter what vocalists, uh, Tillian, Kurt Travis, Johnny Craig. Johnny Craig obviously is the one that reels you into Dance Gavin Dance and makes you like that band. But John Mess, the screamer, there is literally like a Reddit thread for John Mess lyrics. Because if you if you Google his lyrics, Chris, and that's, that's going to be your homework assignment, but for your podcast, is do look up a Reddit on John Mess lyrics. Mm-hmm. He has the most off-the-wall, insane lyrics that don't make any sense, but Dance Gavin Dance fans, like, love it. They're stupid, so they like that yeah, stuff? Yeah, like, I'm not going to, like, say the words, but, like, in one of their newer songs, their new album, his he literally says, I am smoking weed out of a, let's say, vagina. filled with Filled with money, and I like it. That's one of his lyrics. And is that if that's not the weirdest thing you've ever heard, it's weird. But it's up there. But like I don't listen to Dance Gavin Dance for lyrical content. It unless it's Tillian's. I listen for Tillian's voice. His vocal range is great. They do can rip. John Mess's screams are like honestly great. They're not annoying to me. They're not super deathcore like like yeah. gutturals. And they're not super stupid high that like are annoying. Like a like a Austin Carlisle super high, like I like Austin Carlisle screams though. But they mesh very well, Tillian and John Mess, and then Will Swan that um, Bo was talking about on guitar. That dude rips. That dude is a phenomenal guitar player. Their drummer is honestly underrated. Um, but their whole sound has always been consistent from every album they put out. Like you hear a song, like with no you vocals, know it's dance. You know it's dance, dance. Gavin dance. Yep. And I'll, the last um, album, last two maybe, they have put out instrumentals. So if you don't like the vocals, listen to the instrumentals and get to love their music. The dynamic that they have is amazing. Like they have clean guitar parts that are just ripping. They have distortion that's not too too heavy, but sounds good. And dude, th- their songs are just so catchy, man. Especially with like Tillian's hooks. And Tillian does a lot of solo stuff too that a lot of people may not be into. But if you are a Dance Gavin Dance fan, check out Tillian's solo stuff because it is awesome. But yeah, man, look up look up John Mess lyrics, man, on Reddit or Google or whatever. He has some of the most off-the-wall lyrics, and it's been that way ever since they've been a man. No. All right, no, I'm that's good. fine. I, You're wrong. No, uh, Justin Glenn sent me a video of them, and it really kind of like, it was, I think, I'm guessing it was a newer song because it had the Tillian in it. Yeah. And like, don't get me wrong, it's a band that I've I've listened to throughout the years, but it's like, it's not really what I always have liked. But my music taste is changing a lot here in the last year or two. Um, but that really that song he he sent me, bro, that Tillian guy can sing, man. Like, the guy's good, and their guitar players have always been good. My favorite song by them ever is that Lemon Meringue Tie with Johnny Craig. Lemon Meringue Tie is good. There is a, um, on one of the newer albums, it's, um, I think it's, called Tree City Sessions might be the second one. Let me um What's that song called like The Importance of Cocaine? Uh, I don't know that one. It's like off the early stuff. It's Johnny Craig. That guy's a 
drug addict, but yeah. Um, let's see. I think it's this one right here. Yeah. So on Tree City Sessions, which is an, a Dance Gavin Dance album, it's um, it's like a session album where they went to the studio and did some stuff. Tillian actually um, is the vocalist at this point, but they cover a lot of the songs, like the older, like Johnny Craig stuff. So there is a version of Lemon Ring Tie. That it's Tillian's voice that you probably would like a lot on Tree City Sessions. And it's, it's that, probably produced better than the original Limbering Tattoo, isn't it? Well, not exactly. It's more of that raw studio type recording. Okay. Kind of like where um, Story So Far did that um, that session yeah. thing on YouTube. Yeah. It's more like that where it's recorded and it's obviously mixed, but it's more raw. It's not necessarily mastered like a, an album version. Um, but it's a phenomenal, that's a phenomenal record, man. I would definitely um, tell you to check that one out if you're new to the Tillian stuff. And their last album is just phenomenal. I could listen to that album front and back. Um, they have the old vocalist Kirk Travis on a song with Tillian, which is awesome. And like just the dynamic of the songs in there. There's some that start out really heavy. There's some that start out soft and kind of display Tillian's range and like the 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 song Justin sure. sent me um, is called Inspire the Liars. Inspire the Liars is on the last album. Yeah, on that's on Mothership. Good song. Um, not one of my favorites on the album, but it's a good song. But the last album I think just blows. Everything out of the water. Like the their last album is probably one of my favorites to date. I, I love every song on it. Like it's really no competition. That's an insane album. If you're new to Dance Gavin Dance, please listen to the album. It's really good. Shout yeah. out to Bo for liking Dance Gavin Dance too. Shout out to Bo for shutting up. I'm tired <laughs> of talking about Bo. Just kidding. Love you, man. Um, dude. So let's talk. How much? How much time we we on, man? I don't know. You want to quit? No, not at all. I really got to pee, so I might pause this. And go <laughs> Dude, take me a too, actually. Let's pause this. We'll be yeah, right back. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so we're back. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know what we were talking about last. We got, I, I think it was a dance game and dance. Probably got caught up on that. Yeah, I really had to pee. Um, so now we're back. I don't have to pee anymore. Thanks for listening. We had to take a little bit of a break. Um. But like, kind of on the subject of the dance, Gavin dance, man. When you guys are that top five, that would be really hard for me, man. But top I, five, what? Top five, like bands, I guess. Did I do that? You and Keaton. Oh, we did. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I can't remember if it was like by influential or what. Because if we're being honest, like there's a lot of bands that influenced me, but they don't necessarily a band that I would my put favorites. in my top five. Yeah, yeah and that I don't really like today. Um, but dude, that would be hard. But. Like, currently, like, what I like, uh, Dance Gavin Dance would easily be in my top five, I feel like. Uh, I know you used to really like It Prevails. Have you heard their new stuff? Dude, Dude. I haven't listened to them since Capture and Embrace, man, last thing I listened to. They put out an EP last year. Mm-hmm. You need to listen to it. It's so good. It's just four, three or four songs, man. It's it's as solid as rock, man. Like, old stuff, or... It's kind of like kind of like their old stuff, yeah. They have a song called Lair Hill that is freaking tight. I'm trying to like find some stuff I'm into, man. Um, I will say this, guys. I've been like very wrong about counterparts. Like I've never really listened to them a lot until the last album. I've heard songs here and there, and like I, I told Chris one day, I was like, man, I don't know. I've never listened to this band. They're literally right up my alley. And the thing is, I won't shut up about them. So like I've forced him to listen to them. <laughs> well, and it's not even like that. Like, dude, you love them. Carson loves them. Seth loves them. Like, I've heard it preached over and over again how good Counterparts is. And, like, obviously they're a good band because a lot of people like them. It's not like they're just some, like, underground. They're like, dude, this band's actually pretty good. 
But yeah, dude, their new album is just insanely good, and I'm I've listened to like some of their older stuff too, like gradually, and like they're one of those bands like Dance Gavin Dance is like you put on a song like even if you, I haven't heard it, I know it's a counterpart you know song it's because counterparts, I know exactly. I know that their sound, dude, like heavy without being like too heavy, but like melodic, and his vocals, dude, are honestly like just so on point, dude. Yeah. Like that that new album like just blows me away. Like, um, love me is probably like, I know it's short, but like it's that, just the that intro song is just and so it's awesome. so sick. Yeah, it's so good, dude. Um, and what's the one knife? Something a knife in your back or something? What is that called? I don't even know, honestly, dude. I I just turn the album on <laughs> and play it. I don't even know the names of the songs. Let me find it. Yeah. Um, your own knife. That's the one's like your, your own I should let you die. Yes, <laughs> dude. I love that, dude. Yeah. That shit is so good. Like. That reminds me of like kind of like older stuff. Yeah, they had like that. Well, like, their biggest influence is um, Misery Signals. Okay, and of you, Malice you, and the Magnum Heart. That's oh, the, you, you can tell like so easily that well, that's there. To influence. me, metalcore was is Misery Signals of Malice and the Magnum Heart. That is metalcore. If you look up the definition, that should be what it is. You know, and Counterparts does a really good job of making their own sound, but playing that, keeping the times with that. Yeah, you know, in, in its pure form, yeah. I mean, that's that's a good example of metalcore. Um, but yeah, dude, Counterparts is just a sick band, dude. Like that's that's honestly some really good stuff. Um, especially that new album, man. Like I, I definitely like went through it a couple times. I got a couple people on it. I really dig. Um, you need to listen to the album "You're Not You Anymore" mm-hmm. and the title track "You're Not You Anymore." It's the last song in the album. Yeah, dude. Is there something about that song? The emotion that it invokes is ridiculous. You know? I will say one of the one of the songs that really caught me. Um, so you're not you anymore was the, like the last album, 2017. The um, No Servant of Mine is a song that I actually heard that was actually really good. Shut up, Siri. Um, that was one of the songs that I actually heard on the album that like was yeah. actually really good. Um, super raw emotion, like what you're saying. I mean that that stuff just rips, dude. Um, and then another band that you got me into, Movements, man. Movements rips. I listened to a lot of that Feel Something album. They're, uh, they, I think they just finished a new album. Vocalist is super talented, man. I actually remember a couple of years ago when um, Protection, the demo, came out. Yeah. Um, Seth and Carson were like obsessed with that song, and they would, like they would watch the YouTube video all the time. And I'll admit, I was like, mm, the talking stuff, like the spoken word, is kind of weird to me, but like. That's a good song, man. That's a good, like they have a really good sound. Well, now that you listen to other other stuff, you can go back and appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. If ex- that's exactly. the if that's the first song I heard by that band, I would be the sound like, Ugh. yeah, because like it's a good song and it's a good sound, but it's not like groundbreaking. But when you hear stuff like Third Degree, Third Degree, and, like, Colorblind, yeah, Colorblind, like, those yeah. songs are just like super catchy, and it's just like it's like hard not to want to listen to that. That um, band, I mean, and their genre literally, I think it just says emo. And that's kind of what it is. It's man. exactly what it is, but it's like I love it because they're a softer band that can tour with any hardcore band on the on the planet and get as much love as that hardcore band. Yeah, I mean their, their sound just kind of works for them, and yeah. that's what they like. Um, I will say some new bands that I've been listening to that I don't know if you've heard of or not. Um, Belmont is one. They're, I like Belmont a lot. Belmont is a kind of like a harder pop punk band. They just put out an EP, um, Reflections. I think is that's it what good? it's called. It's really good, man. It's a little bit different sound than their other stuff. It's a more mature pop punk. Yeah. Um, but it's got some like 
really creative and really cool breakdowns in them. Their drummer is nasty. Their drummer dude. is insane, and their guitar players are actually really good. Their um, their breakdowns they just utilize a lot of effects, which is really cool. It's kind of something that a lot of bands haven't done before. So I think they kind of think of creative ways to kind of make their sound heavier, but at the same time just kind of give it like that breakdown kind of appeal for people that want heavier music, but then the people that like pop punk because they're definitely pop punk lyrics and all. But um, Belmont's a solid band. Um, another band I'm listening to a lot is uh, they are called Wolf and Bear. You showed me them. I listened to them for a little bit, and then I kind of forgot about them. I need to listen to that again. Yeah, they've got that. Um, if anybody listens to Four Letter Liar, used to um, Four Letter Liar, they kind of have that sound to them where they're they're heavy at times, but then they also have a lot of clean vocals. Um, they sing a lot, but they're also some of their songs are just like super duper heavy. Um, so they've got some killer stuff. I think they just came out with a new album not long ago. Um, and I've been listening to a lot of Dance Gavin Dance too, man. And then I get into a lot of prog lately, man, especially instrumental stuff. You, but did you get to that part of the podcast with me and Bo when we are talking about that? Um, I kind of, uh, not a whole lot. We were talking about, uh, he was talking about intervals and Polyphia and Sean and stuff like that. Yeah. And you're the one that showed me all of those bands. Yeah. All those bands rip, dude. Um, shout out to Seth Green, man. He showed me a lot of those guys. That's me and Seth are like very on the same page when it comes to like a lot of music. Like we pretty much like the same stuff that each other likes. Um, Sean just came out with a new album not long ago and it's super groovy, man. So I don't know if Bo's probably, he's probably heard it, but, uh, if anybody's into like groovy prog stuff, like math core almost type stuff, the new Chon album is phenomenal, man. There's just a lot of good melodies and a lot of good riffs in there and it's totally instrumental. So if you're, if you don't like screaming stuff, you actually will probably like it cause it's, it's really groovy, man. But dude, I love bands like Chon. Um, Intervals is so good. It's literally one guy, um, Aaron Marshall, I think is his name. Dude is stupid talented. Um, can rip the guitar. He writes all the drum parts. I'm sure he does those, you know. Program drums. Yeah, stuff. yeah. electronically. Um, but dude is just a freak musician. You can watch videos of him and Polini. Polini is another good one that's really, really, really good. If he did a, there's a company that makes um, guitar plugins. Yeah. And they did a, it's a, oh my God. I can't remember the name of the company. They did a plug-in suite for him. For Pliny? Yeah. Dude, that, that dude is like weird as hell. I think he's like Canadian. But, dude, his songs are so groovy, man. Like, they, they're like like out there prog. But, like, one of the coolest things ever was um, I was watching Sunday Night Football on um, NBC, I think. Yeah. And NBC, for whatever reason, has been known on, like, the late games to play some rad-ass music. I've heard stories so far on there. Yeah, I've, I've heard, heard that. Knuckle Puck. I've heard Real Friends, and I've heard Pliny. So whoever does their music, dude, shout out to that dude because that dude is badass, whoever is doing that. That's or, awesome. Or, or girl, whoever is doing that music. Dude, Sunday Night Football has some lit-ass soundtracks, bro, and that makes me so hype, dude. Like It's like both of our worlds coming together. you know, exactly. like Dude, imagine hearing like a, a prog song that you just listen to in your car that probably a lot of people don't listen to. You hear it on Sunday Night Football. Dude, when I heard that riff, I was like, Holy shit, that was like that was Polini. Like I bet half the people that I'm friends with don't know who that is. Yeah. And then like I heard stories so far on there. I was like, like me and Carson both call it that one because I texted him about it. This was like two years ago. I was like, dude. I do remember that. I was, so far? I was watching that one. Now the the knuckle puck, I never I didn't hear that one. And the real friends, I didn't hear that one. 
Yeah. I, I heard Real Friends, yep. Um, and I, I know who Polini is. I've never listened to his music, though. Dude, check his music out. I'm going to find you a good song for, to listen, for you to listen to um, by Polini. Let's talk about uh, Story So Far for a minute. Yeah. You know, we've been there with them from the beginning. You know, that was like around the time when we were really like pop punk. We Story So Far's first two albums, that was... That was us, you know. I mean, you you probably were. I gotta admit that I was not the biggest fan of them at first, and uh, Kyle, because Kyle would crucify me if I said otherwise. Um, that was a band that Kyle really liked a lot. You liked a lot. I remember Caleb Wilson liked a lot. He yeah. would always share them on Facebook. Um, their first album, man, I just like I, I wrote them off because I was like, oh, this is a generic pop punk band. When I actually sat down and listened to them, like the song Closure. Um, that song just kind of reels you in. So I'm, I'm not going to say that I liked them at first, but I got to like them. And now I would I would probably put them in my top five currently. I was about to say what, from going from their first album to now, what do you, because I, okay, bands grow up, bands change. Yep. Their sound will change. What do you think of their new stuff? I love it, dude. Their last album, dude, was like insanely good. And like, I think me and you talked about it at first. I wasn't really feeling it, man. Neither one of us were. Yeah, and then but the like, more I listened to it. But I was like, it, dude, Upside Down, this like soft song, this is a banger, dude. Yeah. And The um, more I listened to that album, the more I realized, hey, I'm older now than I was when their first album came out. So it's like, I, they're going to grow up. We're growing up. Those dudes can write some freaking music. Yeah, dude. Like, this is the mature story so far. Like, we don't yeah. we don't want to hear about Parker and his girl problems anymore. Like... Like we're hearing like more mature stuff out of them, which is great. I think he's got a drug problem though. He did. Did he? That's what that whole last album was about. Because um, you can Google that, and it it's a pretty cool dynamic how he talks about his own problems. I need to look so it that, up because I tweeted at Kellen, the bass player. Yeah. It's like, yo, boy, you need to take take care of your homeboy. He has got some problems, dude. <laughs> oh, dude, he he was addicted to lean. Like, he'll come out and say it. Call really? syrup. Um, that song it says, um, um, what does he say? Something about staying on the floor of 54 or whatever. Yeah. That, that was his apartment. Yeah. And he was talking about how he had trash bags, trash bags full of codeine bottles. Trash bags full, dude. Think about that. Think about that. Like, he was going through... money he was spending on that? Dude, he was going through codeine syrup like it was going out of style. So, like, I mean, there's a lot of lyrics that allude to it. Um, red bottle, white cap. Yeah. That's... That's codeine syrup. I thought that was like pills. That's kind of what I got from that. Yeah. Well, it's liquid pills, I guess, if you want to say it. But yeah, red bottle, white cap. I mean, everybody knows cough syrup comes in a red bottle with a white White cap. cap. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Like, you know that signature sound when you like unscrew cough syrup. Well, this song, Upside Down. I mean, it's like a love song, but you could tell there's something, it's alluding to some things in that. Yeah, and there's a lot like um, Let It Go. Yeah. What he says, my... um, Appropriate opiate yep. has me out again or whatever. Opiate. Yeah, yeah. Um, please don't sing ever again. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. But like, yeah, I will agree. When those first two, three singles came out for that album, I was like, dude. I remember texting you, thinking, man, I really, I'm not feeling it, dude. Like, it's not doing for me what I, I, you know. But then when it came out, I was like, I'm still gonna listen to it. I have to, and um, listen to it. And now I listen to that album. I actually, I listened to the one. Before that, quite a bit now too, because um, I I can kind of relate to a few little bit of those lyrics a little better. But that new album, man, it just musically it's it's makes you feel good. Yeah, you know. And the whole time you like don't even realize that this is a dude talking about battling his own demons, basically. Like yeah, like keep this up. If you keep this up, you'll die here all alone. Yeah. I mean, that, that's still leading to drug problems. Oh, dude. Um, but dude, that album was great. Like at first, wasn't a fan of it, but. 
and it's even called proper dose. So like, obviously, I didn't even, dude, I didn't even think about that. Holy yeah, crap! It went yeah. over everybody's heads. Like, yeah. I literally had to Google it because I was something going on here. Like, there's a hidden message. Yeah, I remember tweeting at Kellen though, the bass player, which is like the weirdly the most famous person in that band. Um, yeah, well, I mean, Parker's probably more famous, but yeah. What, well, he, no, nobody else in that band has any active social media except for Kellen. Oh yeah. Uh, but I was like, dude, you need to check on your boy, dude. Like, like genuinely concerned. Like this guy's going through some stuff. <laughs> yeah. But you know? like, um, what was I going to say? I, I kind of lost my thought there. Um, but all oh, I was going to say, I know Keaton, um, I know he's definitely gonna hear this. I know he's big on like concept albums. He's big on like writing and stuff with meaning. Keaton, if you're not a fan of the story so far, do you have, yeah. you have a listen to album list to it, man, because it's, you know, about a guy going through problems and it's, it's pretty cool how he kind of realized that and kind of came to like, a lot of people are struggling with like problems with drugs and things like that. And it's, it's not going good for him. And like, that's kind of like somebody, obviously he's famous, but he like, seems like he, you know, kind of got out of that. That's good, man. That actually makes me happy to know that you've actually looked into that and know he's not doing that crap anymore. Yeah. Well, hopefully he's not obviously. Yeah. Um, have you heard the, their new song they put out? I shared it on a couple of social media. No, I haven't. I didn't know they put something else out. Okay. So, um, the, the, uh, the band Transit. You're familiar with them, pop yeah. punk band? Oh, it's the that album the about tribute. the guy that died. Yeah, yeah so I did hear that, and it was freaking. Sick. That's a cover, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's a cover of one of Transit songs. Yeah. The whole album is Transit songs. Um, me and Kyle Cottle both talked about like this is a, a pretty pretty good album. But their um, their bassist Tim Landers, I think he actually killed himself. I think it was suicide. Yeah, he killed himself. Yeah. Um, and then all these bands that like like I mean, music is a family, man. All these bands that came together. And did covers of their popular songs and made it an like tribute album for it. And, and like all the proceeds went to his family, right? Yeah. And the story so far did a cover of Outbound, which one of their songs and I hate to be that guy, but I like Story So Far's version better. I don't like that band. Transit or whatever. <laughs> I never their really... sound is kinda weird. It's yeah. kinda out there. The story, but the so, story far, so far's cover was sick. They did their song Justice Man, and I get a lot of hate for this too. Like this is not really on the same subject, but um um Allison Chains, Dallas Green did a cover of uh Nut Nutshell, is that what yeah. it's called? By Allison Chains, and I like his cover a little better. Anybody that, well, I Johnny Cash covered Hurt. His version's ten times better than Nine, I, Nine Inch Nails. That's Nine Inch Nails. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like it. I don't like either one of those bands. Sorry, um, but no, like anybody that knows me, and we talk musical influences, music stuff. Dallas Green is top of my list for musical people. Period. The dude is amazing. Stupid talent in man. every sense of the word. He sings like a god. He can play guitar as good as anybody. You know, like, he is up there for me. And if he, well, he covered a Madonna song, Love Don't Live Here Anymore. Yeah, and that, that's phenomenal. His cover, his version's 10 billion times better than, Yeah, da- Dallas Green rips. And if you only like City and Color and you've never listened to Alexis on Fire, you don't like Alexis on Fire, you're wrong. Alexis on Fire is, might amazing. Be, might be in my top five too, dude. They're up there for me. Not top five, but they're up there. Dude, that, that, that's such a good band, though. Like the dyna- again, like going back to like Dance Gavin Dance, the dynamic that Alexis on Fire has is beautiful. You have um, you have Georgia screaming vocals. You have Wade's raspy that he brings to it, like in some songs. And you have Dallas Green, who can sing and kind of scream too. He kind of like, kind of like gets it he out. He doesn't there. need to scream because his voice is an angel, and it needs to be as taken care of as it can be. Yeah, but dude, <laughs> their music is phenomenal. Like even if you go back to their old albums, they were very, very, very screamo. Emo Dallas was a little bit more whiny back then. George's vocals had a lot more rawness, rawness to them, exactly, and they were a lot yeah. faster. Like 
that band has progressed so well, and they have matured into it. Like, have you listened to awesome City in Color? Um, I don't remember the album name. The song called "Lover Come Back." Maybe, maybe I'm not sure. It is. The video is weird. It's just this dude dancing in random places. Um, but the song itself is, I don't know how to describe it. It's just, it's kind of sad because it's talking about he wants his lover to come back to him, you know. But the song just makes you feel good. His voice is freaking amazing. Stop Snapchatting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. But, yeah, dude, if you don't, if you don't like Dial Screen, dude, like get out. What do you like? Yeah, if you, you know don't, if I you mean? don't like Alexa on Fire or Dial Screen, like honestly, I get not liking Alexa on Fire unless you. I, I don't because they rip. Well, if you like hardcore music or like heavier music and you don't like them, you're wrong. But if you don't, you can still like Dial Screen. I mean, yeah, but they rip. That's so it. I took don't my, like Dial Screen and not appreciate Alexa on Fire. I don't care if you like them. Don't like. Don't not appreciate them. That's tell you, I took my parents to see. Uh, Dial screen? Yeah. Well, you should. Everybody should take their parents. Well, no, I was screen. in San Diego, and I bought tickets. Yeah. I bought a couple of tickets, and uh, they showed up to surprise. It was for my birthday. They just showed up in California to surprise me for my birthday, which is cool, you know? But I was like, I don't want to be that guy, but I have tickets to this concert tonight, and I'm not missing it. So you're going. Yeah, my dad My dad knows I like like heavy music, and he's like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's like, nah, Dad. This is actually this guy's got pipes. You I was like, like this is different. And like, we went, and my dad actually called my dad a few times, like nodding. My dad's very even keel; he doesn't get really excited about anything. And he was like, hmm. nodding his head, like good old Brian, the the seal of approval. You know, I was like, I'm glad they enjoy. It. Of course, I've been really pissed if it'd been like a ghost inside show, and I'm like, nope, you're going. Yeah, <laughs> like, you, Dad, you're gonna crowd kill all these people, yeah. and you have no option. Like, yeah. you're just going to do it. Dad, or they're gonna crowd kill you, buddy. Yeah, hey, <laughs> get crowd killed or get or crowd kill. Exactly. I mean, you have two options. So but. we're back. Uh, we had to pee again. Oh, um, uh, just me. But first had- off, before we come back, I'm going to shout out Michael Poyum. We've mentioned him in here before, but he texted me in the middle of this podcast. So I'm going to send him a link to all these. And uh, if you don't know Michael, you're wrong. He's a good dude. He lives in Myrtle Beach, so he's living the life. Except for now, he's on quarantine, so it's probably really boring. Yeah, yeah, for real, man. That stuff's stuff's crazy, man. But yeah, man, like. I guess we're gonna try to keep this kind of focus on music, but we're just kind of straying whatever whatever way we want to go, man. Speaking but, of music, you were talking about um, who was it? Oh, Belmont using a lot of effects. Yeah, and I'm rebuilding my pedal board right now, and so I took all my pedals off my other pedal board, and I got them sitting here on my desk. And there's a company called JHS out of Kansas City, and um, they have a pedal called the Panther Delay. And that's what that that seafoam green pedal is right there. Look how freaking big that thing is. Yeah, for a delay pedal, that looks like overkill to me. Well, it's got um, the on the left is the turning it on. The middle there's an effects loop in it, and the third one is a tap tempo switch. But like, I ordered it because I thought it was cool, and it was the original one they made. Um, so it's hopefully one day it'll be worth some money, and it sounds amazing. But uh. I got it in the mail, and I'm like, oh, my God. It's the size of three normal-sized pedals. It's yeah. huge. That's dude. a really big pedal, man. I don't know why anybody would need that, but, yeah. It sounds really good. I'll show it to you later. Uh, but I got all my pedals over here, and I realize I have I have 12. That's and a, grand, and a lot of people, that's probably nothing. But for me, that's a lot of freaking pedals. 
But um, speaking of gear, man, it's always you and Keaton that are guitar players, so we don't really get a lot of love for drummers. Um, hey, I grew up playing drums. I'll talk drums all day long, dude. That's true. Uh, I recently just picked up a Roland electronic kit. Um, I can't remember the model number. I want to say it's like a TD something 17. Um, it's a pretty killer set, man. It's like something that I've been wanting for like a long time. I just never pulled the trigger on it. Um, obviously, I have an acoustic drum set, but it's over here at Chris's house right now. I don't get to come over here all the time and play it, of course. And I want to have something at my house that I can actually play and not disturb others um, and stuff like that. And electronic drum sets is perfect for that. And like, this is something I've been wanting. Like, me and Chris would go to Guitar Center. I would go to Guitar Center after work by myself. Kill time. I'd go there and just play sets, man. Obviously, would never buy anything because I'm poor. Um, <laughs> and um, I got the uh, I got the gear card, man. When I bought like a little crappy guitar just to kind of mess around with. And it's uh, that Mustang, right? Yeah, and that guitar is actually really cool, man. It's a for, cool for what guitar. It is. I like and it. I paid less than like two hundred bucks for it. It's a really cool guitar, man. I love it. If I don't ever want to shred like quarantine time right now, like this is the best time to probably pick up an instrument. Um, but I got the gear card, man. Didn't have a huge limit. I was like, you know what? Um, I finished my first semester of school. I just went back to school lately, and um, like started last year. You know what he said? He said, "Treat yourself." That's basically what I did, man. <laughs> I got through my first semester with straight A's, and it doesn't sound like a huge accomplishment to a, pe- a lot of people, and it's probably not because it's like my first semester back at college. But it was a big thing to me, and it was kind of stressful because I was bouncing a full time job in that, and I just kind of want to treat myself. And I looked at it as like. Hey, you got through your first semester, dude. Um, you're a boss. Like, <laughs> let's go spend some damn money, bro. And they were running a promotion that, like, for the financing that I literally just couldn't pass up. So I had to snag this drum set. I got me a new pedal, DW5000, something I've been wanting for a long time. You've been wanting that since high school. Dude, I literally have an Iron Cobra Jr. that I paid $200 for, like, 10 years ago. And that pedal literally was falling apart from the day I got it. And I still play it at my house because that's where it's, it's over here with this kit. I played shows with that thing, dude. And like at the time, I thought it was so cool. But this DW5000 just changed my life. And I had to get a throne and all that. Like, I just went out. Went By the way, out. I tuned your kit the other day. It sounds pretty solid right now. Dude, I appreciate that, man. You're, you're a god. It needs new drum heads. But. Yeah, it definitely does. But this electronic drum set, man, from Roland, I, I played it so many times. I finally settled on the one that I wanted with the mesh heads. I talked to the guy there. Super cool. Shout out Daniel. He's one of Charlie Reinhardt's friends. Um, Does it do with a beard and glasses? Yeah, he's super nice. Um, got me hooked up with everything. Gave me really good advice. It's really hard to find that because most of those people play guitar there. And they really well. He's everything. he's like their drum he, guy. Yeah, he's their drum yeah. guy. Super nice guy, man. Like, like I work in customer service and like retail. Obviously, I know most people just don't care that they just want to go home. And like I feel the same way. This dude was super cool. They went above and beyond. So I actually talked. I was in there today. Um, I bought a new microphone today, which is the one I'm using right now. Mm. Um, just a Shure SM58, same one you're using. Nice. Um, but uh, I was actually talking to him. They had a Pearl double pedal in there. It said retail price was like 500. Mm-hmm. I was like, no. I said you can get a 9,000 for like 700. Yeah. And he's like, no, that's the retail price from there. We're gonna sell it for like 200. I was like, okay, that makes sense. I was like, you can get a 9,000 for. Like seven hundred dollars. I'm not paying five hundred dollars for the single chain driven Pearl double pedal. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> like, yeah, and there, I mean, there's other manufacturers that, you know, I mean, charge high dollars because they have nice features on them, their pedals and stuff. But DW man, like if you look, they're just a standard for a lot of folks. Um, whether it's the five thousand, the seven thousand, nine thousand. I mean, 
people like my buddy Philip Richard, shout out to him, oh rich ass. <laughs> he's got like DW nine thousand hardware for everything. He has, I think he's down to one custom drum set now. But like, oh, just down to one. Yeah, stupid kits, man. It probably costs more than my car. <laughs> shout out to Philip though. Um, he's funny. I like Philip. But um, yeah, dude, DW hardware is just super solid, man. And that rolling kit that I got, dude, it's just phenomenal. You can make, you can make virtually any sound that you want to. Um, it's got Bluetooth. I can jam along with stuff on my phone. Hey, remember that one they had in Guitar Center, that Alesis, where you had it set on that setting with the guitars and stuff? Yes. Like, you hit the similar, like, <laughs> like a guitar. <laughs> like, like, I could literally play a breakdown on guitar on the drums at the same time. A, super a guy I work with, Neil, um, he's in a band. They play in some bars around here. And their well, guitar player. What's their name? I don't know the name of their band. Um, but he bought a, uh, well, his, one of the guys in the band bought one of those. He plays drums and sings. Yeah, and I went and watched them play. I've never in my life stood right in front of a band and was able to have a conversation, like a normal conversation. It was so sick. But that drum set is—I mean, it's like seventeen hundred dollars. Yeah, it was so nice, dude. I would love to have that one. I mean, mine was pretty close. <laughs> I need to come over. I've been writing some stuff, Keaton and I have, and I need to track some drums to it because I have six or seven songs in here with just guitar parts that sound empty as crap. And they're probably really bad because I don't have a drum beat to go along with it. Mm-hmm. And I'm terrible at programming drums. I need Tyler to show me how to do that a lot better. Um, so I need to come over to your house and track some some yeah. MIDI. Dude, but shout out Tyler Goodwin, man. We need to get him on this podcast. I'm planning on it. He Tyler is a... Talk about a smart, a smart, smart guy. Accomplished he is... Um, everything I know about mixing and mastering and recording, other than YouTube, Tyler's taught me every bit of it. I will. I annoy the piss out of him with questions on Facebook all the time, just asking him stuff, and he's giving me sound advice. He's. I'm about to either build another computer or buy one. I'm not sure. And yeah. Tyler's. Um, he's kind of guiding me along the path that I want, especially for music production. My soon-to-be wife takes does photography and does video editing and stuff like that. Well, not video editing, but photo editing. She runs Photoshop and she runs a bunch of other stuff. So I need a really high-power computer, and I'm. I'm not going to buy something and then six months down the road I have to do it. So I'm really going to spend some money on this thing and really get it going. Um, and Tyler's helped me out with that. The dude's smart. Uh, he make, I'm pretty sure he makes money mixing for people, which is sick as freaking crap. He might. I know Tyler does a lot of IT stuff. Dude is, uh, dude is very smart. Again, that's one of those people like, like Seth is very talented, very smart. They're just good at it. Tyler has like a wealth of knowledge on like, random stuff dude he knows a lot about different and he's stuff. big as shit yeah tyler is basically like a certified personal trainer i'm pretty sure yeah. too so he knows his stuff um yeah just a smart dude super cool to do down to earth like really nice guy but yeah dude um you can come track drums on electronics whenever you want to there's tons of uh there's ports on it for midi um i'm pretty sure you can save stuff there's an sd card on it uh sd card reader you can um, import sounds, export sounds. Um, you can make any kit that you want to. You can customize like the snare, the kick. Well, what you I'm going to you can deafen them and everything, dude. I want to do that. Um, but there's also a program I want to buy called Get Good Drums, and that's how you, you you use it to program drums. But you can load them into the, that electronic kit and get those sounds while you're actually playing. So you can, you know, what I'm saying track drums like you're playing an acoustic kit. I really need to do that, man. Yeah. Or I could just get a freaking 
eight or nine ten channel audio interface and record real drums but that's really hard and i don't expensive hard and it's really hard to fine-tune the sound exactly it's one of the things i would love to learn eventually but right now i'm focusing on learning how to eq guitar and vocals that's really what i'm not eq but well also eq but mix and master guitar and vocals so you would have to have a very um very treated room. Yeah, I was say very quiet room. So Whereas like, this room right here, you if could I put the stuff on here, in here bro. exactly, yeah. I could treat this room for probably, if I spent $500 treating this room, it'd be as good a room as you're going to find Dude, you, not you, in a professional studio. You could literally fiberglass that and make that a booth right there easily. Uh, yeah, the closet, the, yeah. I got a big walk-in closet in here. I could turn that into a vocal booth and like a guitar recording booth. Easily. I mean, yeah. give me 45 minutes, I could turn it into one. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, seriously. But yeah, man. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot of versatile stuff you can do with electronic drums, however, acoustic, which acoustic obviously was the wave back in the day, but now everything is pretty much electronic. Like, if you're recording drums straight from an acoustic and you're keeping that sound, then you're stupid. You're not doing it right. I well, mean, I, I mean, your big producers like Will Putney and stuff like that, that guy has a $100,000 live room that he records his stuff in. So, But he's still doing drum replacement. Well, he's he does like, drum he's like replacement. keeping the natural sounds of those well, drums, honestly. I was actually listening to him on the Downbeat podcast, and he was talking about that. He keeps about 80% real drums. But he will do replacements here and there for different kick stuff or, or something like that. Symbol wash. Yeah. That's but, what Kyle Namron did for North Bay Recording CE. Um, but he said he keeps drums. about 80% real Real drum, real like dry signal for them drums. Yeah. Well, he knows what he's doing. Too, yeah, he's of course, three but. time Grammy nominated. So I mean, you know, Grammy nominated. Yeah. He for is. what albums? Not um one or two heavy albums, but he does a lot of other stuff too. You know what I'm saying? Like Beyonce. Yeah, I think he did. He recorded Beyonce's metal album. Oh, metal album. Okay. <laughs> I literally thought you were being serious for a minute. I was like, no, uh, no. what? Oh, I was about to say, I don't think you're. Uh, it's all the same. <laughs> All the single RAR XDs. Uh. <laughs> Chris, just stop, man. All right, we're done. We're, we're going home. Hey, it's stuff like that that makes me not want to hang out with you. That's my famous quote from like 15 <laughs> years ago, and it's stuck. I love it. Yeah. Nah, um, I think recordings, and even if, dude, I'm probably, I'm a terrible musician, but I have fun. Don't say that, man. You have an ear for music, dude. Well, I'd like to think that, but like, I mean, I'm taking guitar lessons again. I'm learning. And you can't say you're a terrible musician. You're just a bad one. You know? No, we'll go with that. Yeah, I'm bad. There we go. <laughs> terrible would mean I have no idea what I'm doing. I have enough to get me in trouble. That's what I do. I just remember that that day that you were like, hey, man, bring your drum set over and come jam. Me and Keaton are going to jam. And I was like, Keaton? I haven't seen him since middle school probably, dude. <laughs> and I come over here and like, we just couldn't get together, dude. Well, it's where the way my I have a big garage behind my house, and like yeah. I said, my parents have lived with me forever for the last year or so, and they're finally out now. So once we get everything cleaned up in there, and all my dad's tools and his truck and stuff out of there, yeah, we can set up, and it could be solid as a freaking rock. Yeah, dude, you could put monitors up top. Yeah, monitors and it'll like, be great. Yeah. But right now, his drum set was set up in the loft. We were down below because they don't have any plugins in the loft for the amps and stuff. So it, it was not yeah. good, like. Well, plus, like, we've never played music together. Well, me and you have, but... Dude, all three of us haven't been in a room for, like, ten years. Yeah, that's together. true, yeah. And, like, I have no idea what Keaton was into at the time. I know Keaton was always a Blink fan, uh, Sum 41. I knew he liked Mark Tremonti. I knew that was a big influence because I knew he liked Creed, um, stuff like that. And then me and you obviously click, but, you know, you're in, like... Uh, I'm not really going to say a worship man, I guess, but I mean, I guess... That's what it is, okay. yeah. So, you, like, you're... 
it's not like that's all that you care about or listen to, but that's like the music you're playing right now. So you're kind of in that mood, but then you also listen to like heavier stuff like counterparts when maybe at at the time I'm listening to like softer stuff. Like, well, that's why that after that I text you and Keaton, I said, learn colorblind by movements. Let's play that song, which I pretty much did, but we just didn't really get together after that. Cause it's just schedule. Yeah. yeah. I was but, like, let's find a song and let's just get one song where we can play it. Yeah. You know, like, but well, yeah, well, I really want to get us all back together once I get that garage cleaned out and we can really get down there and play music, you hunk, know? Hunker down, boys. Yeah. But yeah, like... Bring the electronic kit. Honestly, we'll hook that to some monitors. It might be better. <laughs> but the cool thing is with like with Keaton, like the stuff he played too, like I know it, obviously. Like we clicked on the Fall Out Boy track. He played some 41. He played some... Um, what else did he play? Blinkin' A2, obviously. Blinkin' A2 is a little too fast for me, though. That's, that's real, yeah. I like that music, but it's just not, like, what I want to play. I'd rather play, like, more melodic stuff. But, like, the Fall Out Boy stuff definitely clicked. And um, I don't think I'd, I don't think I've ever, like, jammed with Keaton or seen him play guitar. And I was honestly blown away at, like, how good of a guitar it. player he can, really, is, he can play, dude, like, for real. And, like, he knows his stuff just from listening to his podcast. Like, he knows... He knows his uh, his chords and his notes and well, that's something. He knows, me and like, him and I both are taking yeah. lessons again. So he was over here today. We didn't get to record a podcast because he had some stuff he had to do. But we were playing guitar and me and him are learning. Uh, we're taking lessons from two different people, and we're getting together and kind of teaching each other what, what our what teachers. Learning. So it's we're kind of learning double, right? And we were playing some stuff and. He was teaching me something, some pentatonic stuff that he was doing, and uh, I was like, "Dude, I'm gonna play this four chord little chord progression here." And he's like, and he was just like shredding over this. And I'm like, "Where yeah. the heck is this? You know, like, what the heck, dude?" But he can play, man. He is really good. He he knows a lot of songs. That's something I don't know, and I should probably spend. I'd probably be a lot better if I spent more time learning songs and riffs and stuff. You know. Yeah, it, Keaton has a very, he has a very wide range of influences and stuff he listens to, which is pretty cool because one minute this guy's like Mark Tremonti, best guitar player ever. You know, Creed, a lot of people laugh at that. But Creed is one of the first bands I ever listened to. True and Mark that, Tremonti dude. is an awesome guitar player. He's amazing. Like, you literally can't deny that. You can have your opinions on Scott Staff or whatever. But Mark Tremonti. <laughs> <laughs> but then then but then Keaton goes to the Twenty One Pilots and like that just like blows my mind that he is a Twenty One Pilots fan. I just don't see that from him. And then like when I came to jam, like I'm not gonna diss the guy. I just thought we were gonna play like Blink Two stuff because I th- thought that's all yeah. he, like that's what I remember Keaton from middle school is just like Blink Two. That's all I thought about. Well that's all me and him were about in middle school was I mean that's Blink-82. what everybody was about yeah. when you were in middle school. But because that was like the big thing, but like the dynamic of the stuff that he listens to is really cool, and the fact that he's open to listening to stuff like movements, dance, Gavin dance. Um, I know he threw out Day to Remember, which I, I used to like he them a lot. He loves which, them now. Yeah, which I I'm not like huge into them, but like I cannot say that they were not influential to me at a time. I like their first four or five albums. Everything after that, I mean, I still like it, but like, dude, for those who have heart, and then Homesick, like those albums ripped. I mean, yeah. Like, there's nobody on earth that can say that, like, well, I guess there is, but nobody can say that those albums, like, didn't rip, weren't like, the song amazing. of those weren't good. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, dude, like, not my favorite man now, but when you guys were talking on the last podcast about when you saw Silverstein, I actually had to go back and listen to their first album, dude. Silverstein rips, bro. 
Dude, that I'm not kidding you. Dude, have you they heard were the song? so good, and I forgot. Have you heard the song Retrograde? No, I listened to it the other night. Heavy as balls. Oh dude. my god, it's too heavy to be silver. Dude, it sounds like volumes or yeah. some shit. Like um, Silverstein, discovering the waterfront is the. What's the one after that for broken is easily fixed or or something like that? That was the first one, bro. Was it? I think that was the first one. Uh, yeah, I looked at this up there night because I was like trying to be sure. But for but discovering the waterfront was that album that like really honestly got me into heavy music because around that time I was listening to like. Hawthorne Heights and stuff like that that had like had quote unquote screaming, you know? Yeah. But Silverstein was that band that was like, yo, they actually scream. They actually play heavy stuff. And then I graduated from that pretty quickly, but that show was sick, dude. Yeah. So to put this in put this in perspective, when Broken is Easily Fixed came out in 2003, this is a Silverstein album with a robot on it. Yeah. Dude, Smashing to Pieces, Giving Up, um, Bleeds No More, um, when Broken is Easily Fixed, dude, all those songs were Bangers, heaters, dude. dude. Heaters, yeah. bangers, whatever you want to call them. I had to go back and listen to the album, and I was like, dude, I forgot how iconic this yeah. like album is. And then you go to Discovering the Waterfront, and you got Your Sword versus My Dagger. That yeah. Dude, that riff, dude. That, that song, that so My good. Heroine. Smile uh, on Your Smile Sleep. Uh, Discovering the Waterfront, of course, My Heroine. Um... That's like kind of the most memorable ones from there. And then I remember the last album I listened to was Arrivals and Departures. Yep. Um, That's with the train, right? Yeah, the one with the train. That's one of like the last ones I listened to. But I did actually listen to Retrograde, dude. And I was like, what is this? Dude, it's so freaking heavy, bro. Like like dark, heavy stuff. You need to listen to Madness on the new album. That's Keaton's favorite song. And I listened to it a little more this week. And it's freaking good. I'll for sure check it out. And dude, I used to love some Four Years Strong, man, so I'm glad you guys were showing them love. And Dude, okay, we talked about that. And that band I know is it's like insane, dude. But I stopped listening to them for a while. Same, and me too. Have you listened to their new album at all? Mm-mm. Dude, honestly, it might be the best stuff they've ever put out. Really? It's the song um, Learn to Love the Lie is amazing. Well, the whole album's great, dude. But live, one of the... <laughs> One of the best shows I've ever seen, honestly. And they played it. They were direct supports. So they didn't get to play a full headlining set. Next time they come around playing a full headliner, bro, I will be there. Yeah. Like, I, 100%, I will be there. They're good, man. The last thing I heard from them was 2015 was Go Down to History. Yeah. And uh, We All Float Down Here. That's yeah. Like one of the two songs I was to. Um, other than that, dude, it's, dude, Enemy of the World, 2010. It's hard to beat that album. We were graduating high school, and that's just an iconic sound for me. That well, see, this new album goes back towards that. Yeah, it's freaking sick, man. Like, Enemy of the World 2010. So, that was the year I was graduating high school. There was a lot of crazy stuff going on. And, like, I always go back to Wasting Time, um, yeah, Eternal Summer. That song reminds me of Josh Wilcox, which I talked to the other day. Shout out, Josh Wilcox, dude. I talked to him on Snap the other day. Really? He has a Snapchat now? Yeah, like, out of the blue. He's been on my friends list on there forever, but out of the blue, he sent me one. And, like, I was like, Josh Wilcox. I was like, do I know you, bro? He's like, I don't know, do you? I was, I was, like, to, I was I, like, I think your name is J-Sig or Josh Cigarette. He's like, friends call me Josh J-Sig. Cigarette. I was dude. like, are you Josh Cigarette? He said, friends call me J-Sig. I was like, damn I, right they do. I talked to him or just commented on one of his Facebook statuses the other day. Love that dude, man. Shout out. Josh, uh, lived with Josh for a while before I joined the military. And in one of the lowest points of my life, he was there. Always a homie. And I will always... Always have love for that dude. Cool ass dude, man. Hell yeah. Awesome guy. But yeah, like back to four years strong, man. That song makes me think of him and Seth because they 
They actually played that acoustically at a couple places, yep. and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. It ripped. And uh, that like that song just is like the soundtrack to that summer for me, as cliche as that sounds. And then what's it? Yeah, the, the Roser Dotron. Back Dottron this summer, two thousand three, when yeah. I yeah. And then Roser Dotron, like the first album, like was insanely good. The uh, my favorite song by them ever is uh, One Step at a Time. That is a good one, dude. Yeah. Wasn't that about somebody's brother? One of their brothers dying or something? Yeah, yeah. Um, All the good songs are about people dying, man. It sucks. But Sh- Shiner, it was like, goes, yeah. uh, Vigil's like... Well, no, that brother, wasn't was about him dying. When we saw him, he was like, this was my brother's favorite song. He told her how his brother was dying. That's what it was, That's yeah. what he was like, this was my brother's favorite song we played, which is crazy because it kind of alludes to... It sounds like he's alluding to something yeah. like that. And dude, that song is so fast. Oh my god, so good! It's amazing. But like, yeah, we do. We that's got to be two twenty beats per minute. We like, had the privilege of probably seeing like the best show, one of the best shows ever that Gus Inside played. That's you were there when I told Keaton I did vocals. Yes, for them that show. I'm pretty sure that was me, you, your brother Greg, and Jake Piles. For some reason, was there. Um, yeah, I, that's I like think the Josh weirdest. Wal- combination I think Josh of Wallace was there too. He might have went there with somebody else. It was definitely me, you, and Greg, and I swear I think Jake Piles went with us. Which I think was it was Jake Piles. The weirdest that's combination when of people. First Blood played, and we all walked to the back because we thought somebody was going to die. First Blood, Evergreen, <laughs> Evergreen Terrace, Hundredth. Uh, yep. Um, Joe Grizzly. That band was awesome. so sick. Local oh pop punk band, God. dude. They were so good. Yes. And then um, Ghost Inside close it out, and dude, that they, was a Returners tour. Yep. Last show at the brewery where yeah. they shut it down. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Dude, that show rent. It was, and the fact that I got to do vocals but alongside Vigil for my favorite band of all time, dude. That was cool, man. I can I can back Chris up on that, guys. That was like a, actually a really awesome moment, I actually watched it. It was totally unexpected, too. I did not realize what was happening, um, but it was sick, man. But we're going to take one more quick break. Yeah, and then we'll probably wrap up after this last break, probably. So we're back. Um, we, we had to pee again. Yeah, we had another potty break. Tough technical difficulties. It's it's fine. Because someone has a small bladder. Anthony. Chris. <laughs> Shut up. It's we we've had a couple of drinks. It's just like a you know, it's a Saturday night quarantine and what better way to pass time and talk with you, bud, and have a couple of buds. Shut up, dude. Dude, that was a good tag. That was a good tagline. I'm not even up. gonna lie. That was a good tagline, but yeah, guys, I have the world's smallest bladder, so there you go. Some inside story on me. She's <laughs> like, yeah, guys, I have the world's smallest penis. World's smallest bladder. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say that. Um, I probably do, too. Um, let's let's carry on, man. Onward? To Olympus? <laughs> Speaking of that, at that Silverstein show, I seen a guy wearing an Onward shirt. Onward as in a Thea Vaughn shirt or an Onward to Olympus shirt? Onward to Olympus shirt. Oh, that's not as funny. I, I want it to be a Thea Vaughn shirt. I love Thea Vaughn. Speaking of that, do you like Burt Kreischer? Yeah, he's Maybe. got he's got a new stand up on Did Netflix. No, no, yeah, I watched Pete Davidson's though, and it's funny. You it's watch really that too. funny. Yeah, uh, yeah. but uh, Burt Kreischer's new one is solid, dude. It's yeah. it's hilarious, man. It, I think I'll, it's his best stuff he's ever put out. I'll for sure check it out. I literally have fourteen days off from work. I don't have a job. Tom Segura comes out in a couple of days. Ball hog, nice. My um, favorite comedian, hands down. I'm actually like super upset. Uh, me and Jordan Setzer and Kyle, as um, you know. I didn't get invited, um, so disregard this entire story. These guys are jerks, and they know I love comedy, so <laughs> screw them, jerks. In October, we were supposed to go um, to D.C., Washington, D.C., that is, to see um, Theo. Where else, Anthony? Yeah, I don't know. Dominican Republic. No, no that doesn't work. Um, 
but we were supposed to go to Washington, D.C. to see Theo Vaughn at the MGM Graham in Maryland. Uh, did I say Graham? I meant Grand. Uh, MGM <laughs> Graham. Jimmy Graham. <laughs> yeah. But um, Theo actually canceled the concert, but it was for Jordan's birthday. We already asked off. He said, you guys still want to go to D.C.? And we were like, yes, we still want to go to D.C. Washington, D.C. is a rad place. So we still went, and um, I'm sorry, Chris. We had a really good time. Jerk. <laughs> And we went to some museums and stuff like that. But it still was not complete without seeing Theo Vaughn, so it's still kind of upsetting. And literally, just in February, he literally just had the like makeup show up there in, um, I think it was Ox- Oxford, Maryland, maybe? Right across the, the, the water from D.C., but super nice place, man. That MGM like, looked stupid nice, dude. It was huge, big casino there and stuff. The first ever big comedy show I went to ever, I saw Tom Segura on the uh, Take It Down tour in Greenville, South Carolina. And I talk about her a lot, but Megan, um, she she likes comedy and she thinks it's funny, but she's very. Um, I hope she thinks it's funny. It's comedy. Well, some people <laughs> don't, and they suck. I know. <laughs> but Megan is very. Um, she's just a good person, and a lot of the stuff this comedy stuff talks about is not for good people. You know what I'm saying? But we went to the show. You can still find stuff funny, though, even if you don't relate to it. I, oh, yeah. I find a lot of stuff funny that I don't relate to. But we went and saw Tom Segura, and I'm crying the whole time. And I look over, and I was there were some jokes. I was like, oh, no, she's not going to like that. She was laughing just as hard as I was. And it was so it was so nice, first off. But, dude, he's so funny. Like, There's a joke he confirmed. It's on his new special. It's about the Wu-Tang Clan. It's the most well-written joke I've ever heard in my entire life. And if you like comedy and you listen to his new special and you hear the Wu-Tang Clan joke, get back to me because it's <laughs> disgusting and amazing. Dude, podcasts are so good just for this reason. Like, dude, comedy podcasts have been like a They're thing taking the over. rise, dude. I, I mean, I, I get a lot of flack for this and he gets a lot of flack. I honestly don't know why. He can be a douchebag. I love Joe Rogan's podcast. Not for Joe Rogan. I don't dislike the guy. I don't have an issue with him. But the guest he has. Yeah, people love his guest, but he always has somebody interesting to bring on there. Exactly. It's super cool, man. But I also love when they do the Sober October stuff with him, Burt Kreischer, Tom Segura, and Ari Shafir. Ari Shafir, yeah. Those are some of my favorite podcasts I've ever listened to. Yeah, if, if you're into comedy and you are into podcasts, there's a lot to check out. Like he was saying, um, Tom Segura has, what, Your Mom's House? Your Mom's House, yeah. Um, Chris D'Elia. If you don't like his stand-up, don't worry because his podcast is a lot different. Well, see, you know what's funny? I love his stand-up. His podcast is has funny parts. I can't listen. A lot of it's just monologues. I can't listen to it religiously. I mean, dude, I mean, I'm the opposite. Like, Dalia's stand-up doesn't always do it for me, but his podcast, dude, seeing somebody in their natural state being funny is hilarious, dude. Like, stuff that's not planned to be funny is yeah. hilarious. His reactions to stuff, his like his own little language that he has. Like, he calls his fans his babies. His babies, yeah. And they're having the, the log cabin, the cult. Like, I like, like, I like his podcast. It's funny. And the dude's, my favorite one is he's talking about, he's like, straight pride parade is trending. Yes. Gay. Yeah. He's like, marching. Gay. Yeah, he's like Tuba, it, he's like gay. it's cool. He's like, but, but you're gay. He's like, if you're in a parade, you're you're gay. gay. Yeah, and that's honestly kind of true. And he's yeah. not hating on gay people. He's just saying it's gay. It's gay to be in a parade, and it really is. Which 
Dude, one of his funniest things though is, is the one that he talks about Papa John's, and you should look that up. I've seen it. And I actually saw a meme the other day that said this guy told us the day of reckoning was coming, and yeah. we didn't believe him. <laughs> that was the funniest thing. I, I, did, I tagged him in it. Yeah, you yeah. liked it. Yeah, because like that's the first verse I thought of. Like, because he's like forty, thirty pizzas in forty days. Yeah. Now he is. Uh, I really, I really like Chris D'Elia a lot. His stand up can get out there. Just his style. He's freaking hilarious, though. And I, I do enjoy his podcast. I listen to it every now and then. Yeah. But it's when it pops up, It I, a lot of podcasts, like Two Bears, One Cave, Tom Segura, Burt Kreischer, yeah. the day it drops, I'm listening to it. Yeah, and a lot of people are like that with Rogan. Um, yeah, the Dalia stuff, I'll go back. When I'm out of new podcast, I'll go back and listen to it. And then you got King of the Sting, Brendan Schaub, yeah. Thea Vaughn. Brendan uh, Schaub's funny, dude. He is funny in a weird way, but yeah. he is funny. But, and he'll beat your ass. But like, <laughs> the, like they their dynamic is great, and like their producers and stuff are just so funny too. Like you got Chin and Nick; those guys are super funny. Um, and then Theo has his own podcast, which gets out there when he's by himself. He's but dude, a he has, weird dude. He has good guests though, man. Like he does. He had Nick Swartzen on, dude, and I that couldn't stop laughing. Dude, have you, the couldn't Bobby, stop laughing. Have you just in the Bobby Lee one. No, I haven't yet. No, Bobby Lee is actually a very funny person too, dude. That podcast gets weird. Like seriously. Oh, Beware, be, just be ready to be like, oh, dude, that, what the heck? that's like the two weirdest people in comedy, easily as yeah. Theo and Bobby Lee. But, um, yeah, dude, podcasts are just honestly great. Like, I, I've, I've like been wanting to do one so bad. Like, this, I'm just having the most fun ever doing this right now, even if we're just talking about nothing. But, and that's po- why I started, man. Like, I, I've said it multiple times on here. If nobody listens to it, fine. I just have fun doing it, you know? Absolutely, man. Like, this is just a good time, man get together with people and talk, man. Like you're going to do this anyways. Like why not record it and put it out there? And some people might think it's funny. They might feel the same way. Like it's just, you know, somebody's going to listen to it, whether they're going to judge you or whatever, whatever. But I really want to do one with me, Keaton, you, Jordan Setzer. And I'll be, I'd like to get Kyle in here too. That's a lot of people, but I mean, we can make it work. I got my mixer there, son. We'll plug her in. Well, I mean, at some point you got to split it up, dude. Just keep the music one, and then we can just do a separate one where it's just like you know current event stuff or just just kind of like what we're doing now. I just would like to do a podcast with just Kyle talking. That's a monologue I could listen to. Kyle's a pretty damn funny person, man. He is hilarious. He's got a very quick thinking brain, kind of like kind of like Seth, dude. They both of them just think of weird stuff on the fly. That's actually hilarious. But if I feel you like you could see Kyle's Snapchat. Man, he'd be famous. Yeah, if people could like be a fly on the wall for like our stuff like some of the group chats I have with like Kyle and Jordan Setzer and stuff like that like this sorry dude this is just like a thing you guys are jerks it's going on for a long time it's all right I understand I moved away for a but also none of us would never be able to run for office if people saw the stuff that we said (laughs) in this group chat or get a job period not saying we're talking bad about people but we're definitely talking bad about people (laughs) (laughs) remember the pictures okay he'll never listen to this so I don't care there's a guy we went to high school with. I'm not going to say his name other than his first name, but he's a rough dude. And two ever rough so, dudes. Ever so often, I'll send Anthony a <laughs> screenshot of his Facebook profile picture. <laughs> dude, what's funny? <laughs> what's funny is I went through your text earlier when I was going to come here because I thought you'd send me your address at one time, so I called you to ask for it. <laughs> and then what do I do? Is see a picture of him? And I'm like, and I did. I had him in like a year ago, and I was like, why? They're why still on it, my phone. Like, why is this a thing? And why is this in my text thread right now? Like, get this out of here. Pretty much with our group of friends, if it's random, 
and weird. Yeah. It's funny. I mean, <laughs> one thing I can say about this guy is he's always hungry. <laughs> Cody, hungry, dude. <laughs> I mean, it's just one of those things, man. Like, if, if you know, you know. That's exactly, one of the. That's one. That's dude. like a popular saying right now. Like, I'm so old. I'm such a boomer. I had to Google that there or not because somebody put up a picture that said like, I Y K Y K. I'm like, what does this mean? I'm going to admit this. I have to do that a lot more often. Dude, I'm old as hell. I'm okay. almost thirty, dude. Wow. Speaking of music, I forgot what I was going to say. You're old. You oh know no! Music? Speaking of podcasts, um, I don't know if you listen to any other podcasts and like comedy stuff. Uh, me, Megan, and I listen to one called Crime Junkie. It's about like true crime stuff, and they're doing like a live tour, and we're going to see them in October. I'm so freaking pumped! It's gonna be sick, dude. Never. I don't. Yeah, I don't really listen to anything outside of this. And um, what was I gonna say? Oh, comedy. And then um, my good buddy Jordan Setzer, him and Kyle Watts used to do a uh, sports podcast I was on frequently. That was always fun, dude, just to talk about fantasy football and, like, the drafts and stuff like that. But now we have no sports because of coronavirus, so we can't talk about sports. Boo. But, I mean, we still could. But, like, that was always a fun time. But, like, schedule conflicts happen, dude. Kyle's got kids. Kyle's, like, a manager of a restaurant now. It's just He lives in Winston-Salem, dude. It's just hard to get together. I live in Granite Falls. Jordan lives in Conover. Kyle lives in Winston-Salem. It's just hard to get those people together unless we're going to do it over the phone. But Well, here I am. Um, I'm a professional podcaster for hire. I mean, you got the studio I got for the it, studio. Bro. I got the, the I, equipment. I like I said, I feel like I'm Theo Vaughn sitting on the couch next to them. Brandon Schaub doing them podcasts in the studio. Dude, idea. <laughs> we'll start a podcast called Casting Couch. <laughs> <laughs> we have people try out to be on the podcast? Yeah. Hey, you're not good enough. Go ahead and leave during the taping of this. Get out. Yeah, like seriously, the door is right there. there. But yeah, dude, uh, you you should honestly start adding some video to this podcast, man. You could easily I'll, set up a webcam. Well, I do want to eventually, because we want to do more gear reviews, and I have all these new pedals and stuff. Have you shredding a guitar, dude? Like, wow. Seriously, I want to turn this in also into like a YouTube thing. Um, So I need a good camera, but... That's that, another. That would be cool, though, man. I, mean, I definitely like what you got going on here. I like what you started. Um, kind of wish Keaton was here, man. Kind of complete it, but that's cool. It's whatever. We'll get dude. everybody together. We understand that you'd rather hang out with your wife than hang out with us, man. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Probably single, but that's yeah, cool. Should I call Keaton right now? Yeah, we'll call him, man. See what's what's going on. See if he'll answer. Hold on. We'll just keep talking. I'm gonna hook all my stuff up. Crap! I can't do that. Because he's in the... I'll just call him on speakerphone. Because I was going to hook into the mixer, but we're hooked into the interface, so I can't hook the mixer into the interface. Hey, dude. Just buy a better interface. You buy me a better interface. Do you, I don't have a job, dude. What do you mean? You're still getting paid. For only two weeks. Terrible argument you're making. Ready? <clears throat> you want me to say... Hello, you're on side stage. Dude, what's up? Welcome to Side Stage Podcast. Dude, what's going on? Hey, what's up? You're on the podcast right now. I just want you to know that. <laughs> Me and Anthony are sitting around. We're like probably like three hours into it. Yeah, we were literally just talking about you. And he's like, should I call Keaton? I was like, yeah, go ahead and call him. So we're going to have to do another one here soon uh, with you actually here recorded. I just want to call and let you know we're thinking about you. All right. Thank you, sir. You having, you having fun playing Slip and Slide or whatever it was you're playing? 
<laughs> he said, yep. He, yep. Has, he has nothing to say to us. All right, dog. Y'all be good. We'll see you. Right, see you, man. <laughs> He's way less cool not on the podcast <laughs> than he is on the podcast. Real life Keaton is not cool, guys. Yeah. Just, hey, Chris said it, though. I just agreed. Dude, he's an accountant. He's a nerd, bro. Is he a PC gaming type nerd, though? No, he's not. A... Damn, I'm the nerdiest of the nerds, man. He does play video games, though, but not as much anymore because like, we're too focused on being good guitar players. Dude, my PC's cool, though. I don't care what you say. No, th- I think it's awesome, dude. I want one. I really do. Like, you should build I don't, one for I don't all play your video games. Stuff, yeah. I don't play video games, but I'd probably put a good graphic card in it. Just in case I want to get in, just like shred Fortnite and just kill people. Well, I mean, your graphics card would be good for editing videos too, then. Yeah. So, like, it's not far fetched to have a good graphics card just for like. Listen, I have a money spending problem. So, don't be surprised you come here. I got like seven monitors. Uh, Me too, bro. And I'm in here just raging. I literally, like, I was like, okay, I got all the stuff for my computer. I've been wanting to build it for a long time. I got all the components, had them build it. And I was like, well, I mean, I definitely need a gaming keyboard and a mouse. I bought that. Oh, I definitely need a mouse pad with RGB lights in it. Oh, I actually need speakers. All I have is a headset. Oh, um, I need to put more RGB fans in this. this. This doesn't look cool enough. Bought more fans for it. Had them installed. And now I'm like, what else can I buy? Maybe I need a new mouse, new keyboard. Like, well, the thing right now, I've, I've finally bought everything to rebuild my pedal board. I finished it today. Well, I haven't built it yet, but I finished buying the stuff. Once I get a set of good studio monitors, I'm actually to the point now where like, I'm good. Dude, you need a new computer. Well, that's next, but like, I don't. That's not something I have to have. But that's coming here in the next couple months. But you know, well, all I gotta say that is bars. <laughs> bars, dude. Screw your bars. <laughs> that's bro. the thing, bro. Okay, that's a Best Buy thing. You wouldn't understand it. Okay. Sorry, I it's don't a, work at Best Buy. It's a PC gaming thing too. Nerd. All right, guys. Super nerd. I don't yeah. know how far we are into this. Yeah, but I guess we're, we're going to have to wrap this rambling up. at this point. If you've listened to this far, I really freaking appreciate it because this has turned into a conversation about nothing. Uh, Anthony will be back on here a lot more because now that he loves it and he realizes. And I'm unemployed. And he's <laughs> poor because he's unemployed. But, dude, seriously, thanks you guys so much for listening. I hope you don't die of coronavirus and stay quarantined. Wash your hands. Seriously, like, and shout out to North Bay and all the people that I shout out in this um, podcast. And like Chris said in the, like a couple episodes before, if you were not already washing your hands, then there's just no hope for you because you're just a disgusting person. Yeah, that's disgusting. You're literally nasty. So just stay safe out there, guys, and you know have a safe quarantine. But like you said, shout out Kyle Cottle, Seth Green, John Hamby, um, and Michael Poyam. Michael Poyam. Who, whoever else we talked about. Really shout out Michael Poyam. <laughs> Love that guy. <laughs> that's a um, cool dude. But for real, North Bay. All our friends back in the day to this day, man, shout out. We love y'all. Peace. Peace.